Okay, well, welcome back to another re-education experience podcast with me, your host, Darren Langell. This time, though, you don't just have to hear from me. Today, I brought on a guest and a guest that I met a few years back down in Southern South Carolina, down mm-hmm. at a Boomtown ROI sales conference. Uh, her name yeah. is Jessica Ross, and she's currently with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services down in Myrtle Beach. Um, which is a super cool place. I said I would visit her. I haven't yet to do that. Um, She also said she's going to come up to Banff. So for those of you who are in Canada, it's on her radar too. uh, (laughs) Yeah. So Jessica, how long have you been in the business now? So I'm in my sixth year now in the business. Six, it feels like forever, but then again, it feels just like yesterday. But yeah, six, six years. Awesome. Yeah, Jessica reached out. We connected at the conference. I had the honor to speak there. And then we ended up doing a, small, a short little stint on a coaching relationship. And I really fell in love with how hard she worked and the, the way she was executing in her business. It's, it's kind of like a coach's dream, honestly. And I don't know if I ever told you that just to, mm-hmm. to, 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 to really talk about strategies but then see somebody executing it and then seeing the rewards for it. And I didn't, I haven't been a part of your journey for the last little bit other than our connections via social yeah. media, but I can tell you're continuing to make huge business. And almost yeah. if we think about the body of agents that you've probably connected with, there's some really yeah. strong seasoned realtors, but a big mm-hmm. body of realtor group is within that six year window and Absolutely. they're mm-hmm. either failing out or figuring it out and uh, of course uh, <laughs> you are so it. yes so thank you for coming on yes. um i mean give me a little history just so we can bring everybody up to speed on i mean what, what was year one like and where where are your goals right now okay yeah so um i i was a bartender um kind of coming into this and i feel like there's a lot of people have that same similar story um it really kind of set the platform up though. I feel like that really helped me in this business, oddly enough. I was able to, to read people better and talk to just about anyone. I mean, being you know behind the bar, you have every walk of life there. Um, so someone kind of planted the seed and asked if I was gonna go into real estate. And I was like, my gosh, everybody is in real estate. Like everyone has a friend that's there. Um, and I don't know, I just kind of, thought, well, why not? I'm not really doing anything right now. This is kind of, I want to better myself, you know, kind of move forward be someone that my daughter is proud of. And um, I had no money at the time. And my best friend had just got a raise and they moved her um, to Wilmington, which is about an hour away from where I am. And she brought up the idea. I was like, man, I just, I want to go to the school, but I don't have any money to do it. And she, that night wrote a check, put it in my mailbox and paid for my school. She said, you're doing this you have the potential and she believed in me like that. That meant so much to me. I've never had anyone do that um, before. And that just kind of got me on my journey. And I think having that um, accountability, knowing that I, I don't want to let her down. I mean, she's invested this money in me now and she believes in me. Um, Yeah. So that uh, always, that always just gets me a little, almost choked up just because I've just never had that like support system like that. So that was really cool. That's yeah. very neat. I didn't hear that when we chatted before. I don't think I would have remembered that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you were kind of pushed off the ledge and said, hey, it's paid for. Go. And Go. Uh, you uh-huh. jumped in, uh, of course, from a yeah. bartender's experience. You're right. People business just like ours. Um, so you understood the relationship side. But you 
Uh, what did year one look like? I mean, from a transaction side, how did that go? Um, I th and my goal that year was 12 homes. I wanted to sell one a month, obviously not knowing how hard it was going to be. I was like, oh, one a month. It's not bad. And then you realize real quick, it's, it's a lot harder than you thought it was going to be. Um, and I remember my broker saying, you know, how much money do you want to make this year? And I think I was, you know, as a bartender, I was making like 20 grand. And I was like, I don't know, like $30,000 would be great. And he's, and so he made me set my goal for $50,000, 12 transactions, $50,000, which I thought was like, this is insane. It'll never happen. And a hundred percent it happened. I ended up selling 12 homes that year. Um, I don't really remember the financial aspect of it, to be honest. Uh, my competitiveness was I wanted to do 12 and I did 12. Um, but I think the main reason that I was able to do that was mentor. Like I had a great mentor. Uh, she was a little bit younger than me, same background and being in the office with her and her energy, seeing how hard she was working and seeing that it can be done was, um, that was real eye opening. And that was encouraging, you know, to see someone, like I said, that was younger than me, um, actually doing it and accomplishing it. So yeah, that was my, my year one was all about growth, learning systems, following, shadowing, kind of stuff like that. That's a neat story in itself. Not too many people would choose that mentor that's younger than them, right? Many of us think mentor and we think older. We think, I mean, I'm yeah. going to learn from that experience, but that is, I mean, you're seeing that in this business because people are getting in like you did and making big waves quickly um, because mm -hmm. you're able to, I mean, use tech and you just use hustle and use, use the grind that comes with it. Um, that's very cool. So you hit the goal of 12 first year. That's already three times the national average in the U S I think. Um, yeah, I think the average is four. Um, so there you go. Year one crushing it. What, yep. <laughs> um, where did that business come from, uh, that first year? So that was all of my, um, sphere of influence. So anyone that I knew or that my family knew, so I'm from this area. I moved away for a bit, but I came back. Um, and that was the one thing that she, my mentor at the time taught me was don't be afraid to ask for the business. I see that a lot. I feel like in a lot of agents there, they don't want to come across as salesy and, um, they're afraid of how they're being perceived. Uh, me, it was, man, they're just these the people that I know, my family and my friends and, you know, my sphere, they want me to succeed. They're excited to see me do well. So why wouldn't I ask them for that? So that was it. I just sent out personal handwritten out. letters. Yep. And uh, called and that was it. I always find that that first year can work mm -hmm. very well with the sphere of influence, right? I mean, there's the, there's the business yeah. you'll get just out of default. They're going to trust mm -hmm. you enough. They think you're going to do it and they, they know whether you're new or not, you're going to go down the path and they're, yeah. you're, you're, you're their gal or guy. Um, then year two, you almost have to like prove the fact that you've lasted and now that second round of sphere of influence i find gets a little trickier um how did year two go do you remember what the final result was for the year year two um, i doubled my numbers i doubled them i did 24 now year three four i honestly don't remember but i remember setting my goal for double and meeting that actually i think it was one shy i take that back i lied 23 i did 23 the second year um but yeah, you're right. I mean, that first year, it's the, all the excitement of sending out the letters and everyone's like, yeah, Jessica, go, we got your back. And then the, and then you kind of go through everyone that you know, and you're like, now what? <laughs> so um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was challenging the second year, I have to say. Gotcha. So your goal this year, you, you and I were just chatting, you want to lighten us on again. Again, you're, still, you're a solo agent right now. Um, you've hired recently, uh, I don't know if it's full-time or if a part-time transaction coordinator to help you kind of with the administration side. Um, 
And what is what is the goal you're looking to achieve and where you're at so far this so, year? This year, I want to close 75 transactions. And in my market, we have an average price point about 250. Um, so 75 homes, I mean, it's for single agents, it's good. <laughs> um, I'll take it. And yeah, I hired a full-time transaction coordinator. Absolutely could not do 75 transactions without her. I would literally go insane. I would have no personal time for my family um, or for myself. So having her has been a huge, huge um, added piece to my business for sure. And where are you at right now? We're recording this March 31st. So we're oh, just man. finishing Q1. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... I think we had uh, spoke it's, it's 30, uh, 35. I have to look at my exact number, but it's in those it, give, give one or take one 35 between pending and closed this year so far. So That's on incredible. track, I'm on track. <laughs> That's one in three at one house <laughs> in every three days as a solo mm -hmm. agent now with a transaction coordinator. I mean, so it's just, that's, that in itself should be enough to say, I should be listening to this gal because <sighs> <laughs> those are numbers that most will only dream of. So it's incredible mm -hmm. to see that. Um, when did you first hire any version of transaction coordination to help your business? Like how many deals a year were you doing before you said, I, uncle, uncle, I need some help. <laughs> Well, it was actually when you and I first spoke um, and you had asked me, gosh, I guess that was last, no, it was two years ago, maybe now a year. And we maybe, I guess it was right at COVID start. Maybe I'm not hundred percent sure, but um, you were asking like, how are you doing all this on your own? You need help. And you were helping me kind of achieve that. So that was my first step. But I, it was one of those, I didn't know exactly how to have a transaction coordinator. I think that Having one ideally is like, oh, it's going to be so easy. You just pass everything along, but it is your baby. Like that's your business. And you want to make sure they're a good fit for you and your clients. Um, I would have to say, you know, 40 deals. I think 40 deals was my breaking point on a year. And, it, and I should have hired one at 20 if I would have known it was going to be this easy. And, um, you know, what I would have learned, I would have hired one at 20, but 40 deals, I think was my breaking point at that point. Yeah, I mean, you've you, for sure. I, th I think you're right. In that 25 deal range is where I think mm -hmm. you've kind of earned the right to uh, bring somebody in because you've done it enough. And then at that yeah. point, it's the power of the leverage comes and really uh, helps you sp spear your business ahead. What are, as a result of having that admin support, um, what have you regained back? I mean, what do you think, oh, what's man. the true benefit? And what activities now are you able to do that you're, that you're feeling are really adding to the success other than just keeping you out of fried being fried. <laughs> yeah, that's a huge part of it. Um, but time, you know, I don't have, I don't spend all my time uh, responding to emails. And um, I mean, I know that my clients are hundred percent taken care of. If I'm out on appointments all day and my phone is blowing up, I know that Cheyenne, she's my transaction coordinator. She can help facilitate what they need immediately so it makes me um, run it more of a business and, and it kind of switches that mindset of I'm going to handle everything because I'm definitely that person, that personality. I like to know that things are taken care of, but it switched my mindset to this is a business now. And um, it's just, yeah, having her do that, it's helping my clients 
more than I probably myself, but giving myself more time and I'm not spending, you know, 10, 11 o'clock at nighttime getting, you know, little details together and nothing slipping through the cracks like they were um, before. So where does a day in the life of a 75 deal a year producer, but you're, you're, you might have to change that to 120 at this pace, <laughs> right? So what does the I day in the it, life yeah. look like to pull that off? I mean, people probably need to know the reality of what, what you're actually doing every day oh to pull gosh. some such volume off. Well, everything's different. So, but I do start every day off with a morning walk. So I get up, I try to get up at 6.30 in the morning, sometimes it's 7.30, but I do have my alarm clock set for 6.30. I go on a, on a walk and it's typically about 45 minutes. So half of that time is positive affirmations. So I make sure that I'm getting my mindset right for the day, um, knowing who I am. And, and then the rest of the other time is either uh, spent in prayer or I do grateful texts to my accountability partners. So we all text each other and let each other know what we are grateful for that day. And I just think that part really just sets the standard for my day. And then um, at that point, once I'm done, kind of uh, get right to my desk. I've been working from home this past year. Today I'm at my office, actual office. But um, and I get on the computer, prospect, whatever that may look like from 9 to 11.30. So prospecting either it's phone calls to my sphere, past clients, bizbos, anything in between and um or writing letters like i have a buyer for your neighborhood and I send those out too so my prospecting is from 9 to eleven thirty, and then any appointments thereafter certain weeks i have no appointments i'm gonna say certain weeks it's not like that anymore i'd say maybe some days i don't have appointments and i take full advantage of that and spend all day with the family um because i know there are going to be other days like last night where i'm at 11 o'clock at night time writing up contracts Thankfully, my family understands. But yeah, I mean, that's really, yeah. I just try to structure out any time before lunch because after lunch, it gets hairy. I don't even know what's going to happen after lunch, but before lunch, it's pretty good. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm loving that you're still following that and and to the letter. And and when you probably chat with the other mastermind friends of yours around the Bircher Halfway Network, and it is one of the common things that top producers do is they don't let go of that prospect time. And, mm -hmm. uh, and everybody wants to hear that you had some magic thing that you created or something that I can copy, but nobody really wants to copy the work. Uh, and, mm -hmm. uh, and I love that you're still achieving that. And that's again, why you're at the upper echelon of this, of this business. Consistency. That's the key. hundred percent. How, um, I love, I mean, when I follow you on social, it's, it's like, it's a joy. There's a lot of your storytelling that just happens and it seems very organic. It seems very natural. Um, it, and you show a lot of real estate, right? You show a lot of real estate. It's not like, it's just, I mean, a lot of people worry about the blend between real estate and me yeah. and am I saying too much, but uh, can you, any, any thoughts about how you've been able to just create this consistent rhythm in your social media that is intriguing and people follow and don't feel like you're just trying to sell them something. Appreciate you saying that. That's that's absolutely my goal. Um, I don't. I, I I try to stay away from that. I don't want because I feel like if it gets too repetitive, people are just going to keep scrolling. And I have a lot of my business that does come from my social media. So whether it be Facebook, it's just staying top of mind. And that's something mentors and coaches like yourself have taught me. I constantly need to stay top of mind, but not in a robotic way. And I follow agents that are again like yourself and Heidi Harris and she's in um in Raleigh 
you guys just come across so genuine and that's exactly how I want to portray myself. And I appreciate you telling me that because that's exactly how I want to be perceived. Um, when you meet me, I want to be the same person you see online. Um, so I just, I think authenticity is key to this business. If they you come across in any other way, people immediately can pick that up. And I feel like that's kind of the end of the trust. So if you can come across that same way in social media, then that's the person you're going to meet. You're just going to continue that trust, you know, throughout the process. What's some of your favorite, just like kind of go-to things when you're on organically rock, rocking the Instagram stories, what are some go-tos that just, it just flows in it. And when you're in the active life of a busy realtor that, you know, this, it just, it's an easy one for you. What do you find is yeah. like those go-to moments that people could pick up on and, and try to replicate? Um, so honestly, if it's, if it's a situation that I'm dealing with that I see a lot of, you know, um, buyers thinking they need 20% down or a buyer that fell in love with a house, but they haven't gotten prequal. So I, I just kind of take my everyday issues, anything that does come up and I just try to make a video on it, like on the spot. I try not, and I know it's going to sound bad if I don't put a lot of thought into it, but I feel like if you think about it, I feel like that's a lot, you know, agents get stuck on that. They put in so much thought and pressure on themselves that they just do away with the video um, and they don't post it. But if you just address the issue and answer that question and pretty quickly, you know, you need, video needs to be under a minute. If you can address it pretty quickly and get it out there, people will watch it and you bring value. And that, I think that's probably my key is that I just want to make sure I'm bringing value to you guys and everybody. Do you like, I mean, so a bunch of your default is in that teach world in a sense, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think us as realtors, we're in the day all the time are, are the people that watch us aren't in the daily grind of real estate like us. So there's, right. I mean, we forget more in a day than most people will know, you know, in, <laughs> in, in their cycle between buying and selling. So, right. so you like to, you default into these little key coaching moments just to, to, to show yourself as a knowledge broker. Is that fair? Yeah, that's, that's a fair evaluation. I didn't put it, I guess I didn't, I never thought of it that way, but absolutely. I have a little saying that I, I try to speak to and I heard it at a conference and it was called stay, right? So the mm -hmm. S is, and it's just an acronym to kind of walk through the process of like what to share and S is sales. And that's easy for us. It's pretty easy for us yeah. to post real estate stuff. And then the T is the teaching side. Um, and then the A, the A I use as and. Um, what are your favorite, like yourself moments, the and part of like, I'm a realtor and... And that's where I come up with yeah. and what, what, I mean, I see a lot of your personality come through. What is your, what are the things you like to share? Oh, um, God, that's a great question. Uh, I think we sometimes get lost in that. and just like, I, but, um, I don't, you know, that's a, that's a tricky one. I guess I, I am a mom. Um, I am a fiance. I, uh, I love to shoot guns. I know that's a big, like crazy thing for Canadians to understand, but, uh, <laughs> But um, I love it. It's that's something that I've really kind of picked up on the past time, I'd say in the past two years. So that's been a big hobby of mine that I've picked up. Um, I surf. I'm very outdoorsy. But I try, so I try to play into that a little bit on my social media so you can get to know me a little bit better, not just the real estate side. 100%. And I, I mean, I, that's why I ask because you, you are sharing some unique things like that. that uh, people <laughs> like, And I'm sure you probably get just as much feedback or more from that than yeah. anything else, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. At 75 deals this year, how much mm -hmm. of that are you still expecting to be from sphere and influence repeat? 
Mm, um, I'd say um, 65 of those deals will be from my sphere, past clients, or someone who has referred them to me. I've very much implemented in my business and I've been taught that it's relationships over money. And I feel as though, and then Berkshire Hathaway has this whole like forever agent brand that I don't want you just to use me whenever you're ready to buy or sell. I want you to use, constantly use me as a resource. And I think that's really played in well with that because a lot of it is, you know, our reputation and past clients. Like I said, I mean, so I'd say 65 deals of that would be past clients and uh, friends and family. Mm -hmm. And that forever agent, you know, in other terms I've heard is that's like, you're the hub, right? You're the hub and the spoke and it's for all things real estate. What are some tactical things you could say that I mean, beyond getting them into your, I would assume you're just religious to get them, everybody you ever meet into your social organic sphere, the touch points, mm-hmm. so that as you make these great social media shares, everybody gets to see you top of mind. Um, what other things do you find fit into the, I mean, the methodical part of keeping them nurtured um, to get 65 of these 75 um, from that world? Anything else you could share at any tactics? Um, so... I know I keep going back to being authentic, um, but showing up in a real way. So I, f- I feel like if you're there for the relationship, not the transaction, you get to know them on a personal level. They feel heard, they feel cared for. Um, and so I talk to them as though, like my clients that are just would come in, you know, as if, if it's a FISBO, like a for sale by owner that I've converted into a client, I'd literally treat them like my, they're my friends. And I feel that's what's really helps me grow my business is I don't just treat them as a business transaction. I, they are, I kind of just bring them in as friends. I meet them on their level. So if they're going to, if they talk one way, like we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to mimic that vibe, you know? Um, so, and then just trying to remember birthdays, um, home anniversaries. And, um, you know, if I'm seeing something on social media, they're having a tough time, like sending them flowers or just really being a friend. I don't know, just mm-hmm. being authentic and being there. I mean, the, again, I, I, I sound like a broken record because I feel like I'm always coaching on this, but it's just that idea of loving on them, right? And yeah, and just absolutely. being present, proactively present. And that's the shiny silver bullet we all wish we could just go pay for, right? And I mean, so you're <laughs> You're, you're on social, you're connecting with them, you're making comments, mm-hmm. you see somebody in need, you, you reach out. Like, I mean, for anybody listening, this is not rocket science. It's just, I mean, the effort and the consistency over time is what can put, pay incredible dividends, like what you're showing us with oh, I mean, yeah. already 36 ends, 190 days into the year. So, I mean, it's, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are the, I mean, what are the, when I think of the evolution of your business, um, I mean, are you out there still door knocking? Um, are you still dropping cards? Um, I'd love to hear some of like those outbound things you're doing that uh, are, are working for you. So I'm not door knocking. I, um, with the COVID stuff, I don't feel like it's as welcomed now as a stranger coming to the door. But I do, since we have such a crazy market, I do it. I have a buyer letter and I hand address the envelopes um, and put a real stamp on that envelope. And I feel uh, I've been able to help a few other agents do the same thing. And they've had a lot of success with it. So 
Um, that's been, been great. Just that, you know, really, truly, I do have a buyer. They are looking for these specifications and I send it out. And I mean, I get so much response from it. So that, um, and I've been re for sale by owners. It's been a little sweet spot for me. I, um, I've kind of, I don't know how I, I'm just, I get them on the phone and we just chat and it could be an hour long chat. I may not get the appointment that day, but I continually follow up, sincerely ask if I can help in any way, not just asking for the business, asking them, hey, I just want to be a resource. If you happen to get a contract and you have any questions on it, you know, anything like that, just use me as a resource and gain that trust. It may not be them. Like from yesterday, it wasn't the guy, but he said, my neighbor's selling. I already got my contract, called her, listed hers. So, you know, it's all just that, I guess, asking the right I think, question. I mean, I think that's the... Uh... I mean, that's the one trick with those for sale by owners because they they instantly have their back up and it's our job to kind mm -hmm. of bring it down. And I think a lot of people will, and us as realtors, I'm, I'm the same way. We, we, we can talk ourselves out of something so fast and you think you almost, you're in pitch mode, but I mean, yeah. you flip the script, right? And of course you mm -hmm. have to start from a place of value and then earn the right to ask later, right? And I feel like- oh, I remember like those the way conversations you said that. Mm -hmm. with you. Right. You yeah, used to yeah, warm them up. I got to earn that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the, I have a buyer thing too. I wish more people would understand the weight of that mm. statement. There's probably not a more powerful statement in, in real estate than I have a buyer because yeah. I mean, for one, two things, it's, it's a secret that, you know, and you might as well tell as many people as you can. Right. right. If, if, yeah. if you're the only one that knows you have a buyer, this, this, I mean, you're wasting the opportunity. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, when I have a buyer, everybody's guards come down. Yeah, right? absolutely. that's how, a, like you said, a door knocker, a drop could convert to a call, which never really happens when we're just dropping normal direct mail. Right. Mm -mm. Yeah. And my I think my biggest um, advice on that is to be always be sure, like I make sure I do have a buyer so that I'm not caught in the or are you just saying that because you want to list my house? Absolutely not. Like I have a reputation to uphold. I'm coming from, from a true place. Um, so, but that's, that's helped. I mean, I, that, it's like a, a little golden nugget there. I don't know. It's something about that letter you send out handwritten. It has to be not, not the note, but the envelope needs to be handwritten in a real stamp. They open it every time. Yeah. Who doesn't want one, right? My kids didn't know <laughs> right? that. <Yeah. laughs> like, dad, there's one, that one's not printed. Yes. Right? That one's yeah. scribble. Exactly. That one's for me. No, no, yep. sorry. That's not for you. <laughs> <laughs> when we were chatting, you were adding more and more to your media kit. And mm -hmm. of course now, I mean, but I mean, are you mm -hmm. still investing heavily in just having the media kit and having as much stuff as a listing agent? But a hundred percent with the media I'm getting better at it. And I think it's something that you're always kind of evolving and learning with. Um, but anything with media, like videos and cinematography, anything that you can do that kind of tells a story um, is very valuable to your business because they keep saying without video, I mean, they're gonna, you're gonna get phased out because everyone's, everyone wants to see the personality shine through. Um, so yeah, I guess, I don't know if that answers your question, but. For sure it does. Yeah. I mean, it's, what's the percentage of your business listing versus buyer? Um, right now it's heavier on listings than buyers. May is going to look a little different. May is going to be heavier on buyers and listings. Um, but right now I, 
try my best to focus more on listings just because with buyers right now, it takes up a lot of time. Um, and it's not that I don't like working with buyers. It's very rewarding for me. Um, I like that aspect of it, but listings right now, as far as time management goes, is where, where my uh, focus is at. Have you also noticed that as a listing agent, even now more with COVID pandemic and everything and the way, I mean, from video, there are all these elements that us as listing agents are drawing more calls direct to us rather than always through that buyer's agent and they're in around. I find more consumers today want to come direct to us because we own the media. Um, I don't know if that's because that's one less touch around the COVID scare, but um, I think it's more important than ever to control the media, to go all in, uh, even if the market's hot, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you're right, actually, if I'm looking at it right now. I mean, as far as my listings and buyers go, my most of my buyers right now, active buyers have come from listings. Um, they, you know, they if they didn't buy my listing because my listing went under a contract too quickly, they've become a very hot lead. So yeah, absolutely. The having more listings has, you know, generated a lot more buyers. Absolutely. How do you think you were able to? Um, I mean, young in your career, get to that section where, I mean, a lot of people chase the buyer side for, for years before it starts to flip and you've almost earned the right to get them your listing sign up, but you've always had a, a strong listing business and you were always going after for sale by owners. I mean, why do you think that's worked early in your career for you? Uh, well, again, with having mentors and always, like I, I love the saying, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And I'm constantly surrounding myself with people who think bigger, dream bigger, do a lot more. And they are always harping that if you list, you last. And I've really taken that to heart. So, um, you know, my first year having that mentor, like literally was her shadow. I'd go to her on her listing appointments and I'd just kind of sit there all awkward, like at the dinner table while they're signing the agreement. But um, seeing, like, yeah, it's just, it's actually an easier process. And as long as you come in confident, know what you're doing and can be trustworthy, it's, it's a win-win. What's next for you? What do you think you want to add to your business that you've been watching these mentors and listening that you've just been busy as all heck. So it's not like you're, you're probably tweaking your business plan, but not adding a whole bunch of stuff. But what do you think um, is something you'd like to do more of knowing that this, uh, that you're seeing it work out there? Um, you know, I think there's always room for improve for improvement on the social media aspect of it. So I'd love to um, be able to do more um, directed media, I guess more professional stuff. And I see that a lot, you know, with the other people that I'm surrounded with, they have a great mix, like they'll be in their cars videoing, just like yourself in their cars videoing one thing and the next minute being on the professional level. I think it's a great mix of saying, hey, I am professional, but I'm real at the same time. So um, that, that I'm definitely wanting to add that in and then um, just more agents. I feel like a lot of my referrals come from other agents around the globe really, but um, meeting them on a personal level. And now they're like, oh, I have a connection now in Myrtle Beach or, and, and vice versa, oh, I have a connection now in Canada. Like I have, you meet so many different people and I don't know, just having that resources 
I'm always growing that. So that's something I'm always working towards. And I think it's always going to be there. I mean, I'm always going to be working on that, but tweaking that more. I love that. I mean, I love that you're here again, pacing at well over 75 for the year, um, <laughs> at earning business from your social, jumping on video, and but you're doing this from a raw, unfiltered standpoint, right? So many agents, again, they might see me in my own videos from the brokerage perspective where they're highly produced, but I'm not that producing agent like, like, like you are right now and like a lot of the agents listening. They don't need that mass production. You just need to put it out there. And they create, mm-hmm. this, right? they create this barrier to say, well, I'm not going to do video because it's basic. I'm like, well, you're missing the boat. And again, mm-hmm. your proof, it's just like, get it out there, be authentic, keep sharing it so that you show up in their feed every 24 hours at least. And uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, I was, um, there's a, a podcast that I always listen to, Impact Theory, and it's Tom Bellahue. And man, he has an amazing ability to interview the people on his show. And he had the creator of Netflix on the other day and his, oh man, it would blew my mind. You know, he was just saying, you know, all ideas are bad ideas. And, and I was, and I didn't understand. He's like, because they're, they end at just that. They're just an idea. And until you put it in motion, you don't have to figure it all out. He's like, we didn't have the whole Netflix thing figured out in the beginning. We made a lot of mistakes along the way. He's like, but, but through those mistakes, we learned how to be better. We learned what worked and what didn't. He's like, if we just sat back and try to put it all on paper and map it out, we never would have been where we are today. And that was just like, that was one of those aha moments. So I was like, absolutely. That, you know, so many people try to figure out everything ahead of time. And like you said, they missed the boat. You just got to start somewhere. You're not always going to look great. It's not always going to come out perfect. Just like when I talked to you at the beginning, I was like, I'm sure I'm going to get nervous. I'm going to mess up on something here. But I mean, that's just, that's life. And it comes through as authentic. People like it. That podcast, uh, I heard too. That was amazing. Uh, and he, and he yeah. Michael, Michael something. Um, yeah, he has his own podcast, right? That's called yes, That'll Never Work. Yep. Right? Yep. And uh, yeah, it's amazing. There's another side to this. So where I've gone with my business because of my role, so much of it has gone to high production. That now I've created this standard for my own stuff that I feel like I shouldn't put out the raw stuff. And that's me going, so if you go down that path and you support yourself with these media teams and then all of your body of work becomes that, you stop sharing the in-between moments. And it's Mm. those in-between moments, which are the ones that people care about. And I'm proof that those, you you will see, you will probably have seen less of me because that little brain block, which is the flip side of doing what we're trying to talk about you and I right now. So Mm -hmm. there's like no benefit to go and mass produce, right? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) the benefits to be real, right? And uh, and you win. I love it. Yep. I love that too. So, um, 35. So, I mean, by the end of this podcast, you're gonna have to change your goal higher, right? <laughs> I sure hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're, we've been talking for a while. Um, anything that comes to mind as we've been chatting about other little tidbits or tricks that you think have been kind of really instrumental for you as you've just, again, crushed this business in such a short order and have become so inspiring for me to watch. So. Oh, thanks. Uh, I mean, really, I think it's just all in the power of asking. 
Like I, I contacted you, you know what I mean? Through um, that Boomtown re uh, thing that we saw, you know, I, I met so many connections doing that. I, I'm the one who, like, I personally reached out to the CEO of Berkshire Hathaway. I think it's just the power of asking and people are more than willing to lend help and their advice and they want to see you thrive and just surrounding yourself with those people. That, that's been probably the most valuable lesson I've been taught is just ask the question, you know? Um, I mean, the worst they can say is no, or they just never respond. And then my gosh, if they do respond, you have this amazing opportunity just kind of given to you. And um, that I think that's probably been the most value I've found um, in my business is just asking the question. And it goes in every aspect of my life. I absolutely love that. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, it's just be fearless, right? What's on the other side of fear, right? We know, right? We've said that enough, but absolutely. well, my dear, it's been awesome to have you on here. Um, I'd love so to see your me. growth. Thanks for sharing all of this awesome knowledge and giving hope to everybody that's okay. She's crushing me and, uh, <laughs> and uh, it's not all sexy, fancy, technologically advanced stuff that's mm -mm. doing it. We can all pull it off. Um, That's right. But uh, there's a good chance we won't catch Jess. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, my dear, well, thanks for everybody again listening to the Reeducation Experience podcast. Hopefully, you took a ton of value from this, and I look forward to uh, providing another one for you next time. Uh, Jess, so what's the best way? Me. What's your Instagram handle? What's the people where people can follow you? Um, should they want to just share and see what I'm absolutely um, Instagram is probably the best source and it's Jess Ross underscore R E like real estate. Awesome. And again, yeah, Berkshire Hathaway home services. I think you guys just got the award for the most transactions in absolutely. America. Year, we did. Though. Yep. We sure did. That's cool. I mean, there's a lot of changes happening in the industry. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, that's it for today. Thank I'm going to go so ahead and much. pause this and let you get back to your life. Um, okay. Thanks for listening, everybody.